This podcast is sponsored by the FG Barnes Group with showrooms in Canterbury and Maidstone, offering a range of new and approved used cars, including MG, Seat and Vauxhall. Kent Online News. News you can trust. This is the Kent Online Podcast. Ishmael Kawaja. Hello, hope you had a nice weekend and you're doing well. It's Monday the 21st of November. Thanks for downloading today's podcast. In a short while, you'll hear why a struggling farm shop's calling on us to buy local. But first, as the World Cup gets underway in Qatar, it's feared there could be an increase in domestic abuse here in Kent. Victims are being urged to contact the police or reach out to charities to get help if they're facing violence because of the football. Nicola's been speaking to Emma Craigie from Whitehead Moncton Solicitors in Maidstone. Well, there have been various studies that have found that the sort of level of violence increases at a time when the football games are on. And I think there are various reasons for that. It could be that there's a sort of a lot of alcohol being consumed at that time, but also people are sort of betting and might be losing on bets. And um, there's all sorts of reasons why and you tend to see there's sort of a a suggestion that um, that has then a a sort of correlation with sort of domestic abuse and cases sort of sort of violence after games um, that impacts victims. Absolutely I mean it's really an awful thing to happen um, at any time but to see an increase when perhaps um, as you say emotions get get raised and, and things like that what sort of advice would you have then for people who perhaps are in maybe a volatile relationship or this is something that's happened maybe in previous tournaments what sort of advice would you have for them yeah well I mean ultimately it depends on the severity you know in the most severe cases then it's certainly you know a call to the police is the first is 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 the first step um making sure you've sort of you know got a, a good record of everything that's happening as well because you will need that you know if you need to make an application to the court uh, for protection um but it you know the most important thing is your safety the police must be called in the first instance there are also then various charities so for women there's women's aid um there's the uh, free phone national domestic abuse helpline um for men there's men's advice line um, so they are uh, a port of call for, for those that are concerned uh, about speaking with a solicitor, uh, especially in the first instance. And then obviously, you know, then you would come and approach a solicitor about it and your options uh, for protection as well. I mentioned at the start that the World Cup is taking place in a very different sort of time of the year. I know alcohol can often be linked with with violent outbursts and things like that and maybe going out in the summer and drinking a bit more is a bit more appealing than going out in the winter and doing the same sort of thing do you think that change in the time of year for the tournament will make any difference at all I guess that that's that's what we will uh, find out but um, you know people will be wanting to be indoors more the weather's colder so that might mean they'll go to um, you know pubs um, other places um, social clubs so you may you know I, I don't suspect that it would have that much difference but you know we will find you know time will tell you know seeing the world cup happening over over the winter do you think it's something it's perhaps a bit of a taboo subject in the past and maybe people wanted to keep things like this behind closed doors if they were a victim but do you think they are more confident about reporting things like this now they're, they're happier to go to the police and and say what's happened to them I think it's going to always be on a case by case basis. Every every case is different. You're always always going to there's going to be victims who feel that they can't come forward. Um, I know that we talk more about 
mental health now, um, but domestic abuse and violence is, is almost a different type of subject. And um, it, it can be very difficult for people to be able to come forward. There are more there are more sort of measures in place now. There's more powers to police officers under the new domestic abuse legislation came in in 2021 20, um, to award uh, sort of notices and orders against perpetrators. She says charities can also help if you're more reluctant to get authorities involved. Meanwhile, can police say they're increasing patrols in key locations across the county while the World Cup is on? Officers have been working with pubs, clubs and bars to make sure people can enjoy matches safely. They're urging us to drink responsibly and say they won't hesitate to act against anyone who puts others at risk. Kent Online reports. Our other top stories today. A government minister says as far as he knows, the death of an asylum seeker was not caused by conditions at a processing centre in Manston. A man being held at the site in Thanet became ill and passed away in hospital over the weekend. Immigration Minister Robert Jenrick has been giving us an update. Well, it was very sad, obviously, as anybody's death was. Um, but as far as we know, and it's now a matter for the coroner and the independent investigator called the IOPC, who the Home Office have uh, referred the case to, as far as we know, this is an individual who got unwell on arrival in the UK or was unwell before. From what we know today, he certainly did not have an infectious disease like diphtheria. Charities are calling for a more compassionate system for those arriving in the UK on small boats. A young woman's told a court she felt like she was being abducted when she was attacked while walking home from a night out in Canterbury. Mark Roberts has been convicted of carrying out the sexually motivated assault in an alleyway after following the victim through the city centre. She was saved when a woman shouted out of her window and called the police. The 47-year-old from Whitstable will be sentenced in the new year. A Swanley man who was caught drinking beer behind the wheel of his Porsche has been banned from driving for six months. Sam Scudder was arrested at a petrol station in Dartford last November after a breath test found he was over the legal alcohol limit. The 39-year-old from Court Crescent has also been ordered to pay more than £300. Now, the owner of a farm shop has told the Kent Online podcast how she was left disheartened after going a whole day without a single customer. Honeychild Manor Farm Dairy on Romney Marsh opened a store in 2020. It was the first of its kind in the area and only stocks local British produce. Because of that, it's a bit more expensive, but owner Amber Furnival says it's vital they survive the cost of living crisis, though she appreciates it's tough for everyone right now. I think, obviously, a lot of it has to do with the time of the year, um, the pressures felt in the UK at the moment um, from um, you know, the war in the Ukraine, Brexit, uh, the cost of living, the fuel crisis that we're all facing, inflation rates going through the roof. And I, I genuinely think the public are worried about how they're going to get through the winter. So quite understandably, they're battening down the hatches. Whilst I appreciate that as a, a shopkeeper, many across the marsh would feel the same in that we put a lot of heart and soul into producing what we do and we're only small businesses, we're not like the supermarkets, we can't really have quiet days and then rely on <clears throat> the following week being very busy to sort of prop us up. We need consistent footfall to be able to survive and without that we, we just can't go on. I fully appreciate the pressures that everybody's under at the moment. As farmers ourselves, we're feeling the pressure immensely with the price of electricity, the cost of diesel. It's affecting everybody. But all I would say is that to keep all the little shops going, 
throughout the winter, even if you could only afford to come once a week to buy something for one special dinner a week, rather than eating meat every single day, uh, then just that you know one item, one special meal would make a big difference to a lot of the farm shops on the marsh. Um, you know we we work really hard with our suppliers who we you know use directly to be able to bring you the fresh local produce rather than imported with thousands of food miles. So in order, it's not just in order to keep us going, but we're part of a, we're part of a bigger chain. Um, and anything you can do for us helps support another farmer directly. And therefore you're helping push British farming forwards and into the 21st century. And hopefully farming, British farming can remain at the forefront of the world standards of food that we produce. Um, if you choose to buy things from the bigger supermarkets, which I totally understand because they're cheap and it's easy and it's convenient, eventually all these little farm shops won't be here anymore. The farmers won't be here anymore and we'll end up as a country importing all its food, which is not a place you really want to be. Florence Jehuta, who's chief exec of local food and drink champions produced in Kent, is also backing calls for us to shop locally. She says doing so means the money goes to local people and families and in turn it filters through to other shops, restaurants, pubs and local tradespeople. It keeps our county strong and staying strong. She adds without your help the local independent sector will disappear and leave us with bland imported and mass produced product. Well, a number of you have weighed in on the issue in the comments section on our website. One reads, farm shops are so ridiculously expensive, local people don't get any benefit by buying straight from their local farm. While a few people have questioned whether the lack of customers is because items are kept behind perspex stores until purchase. With one saying people like to inspect their food and they can't do that properly. Only being able to see it from one angle clearly isn't satisfactory. You can let us know what you think by commenting at Kent Online. This podcast is sponsored by the FG Barnes Group with car dealerships in Canterbury and Maidstone. Flowers and tributes have been left for a father of three who died after the car he was driving was hit by a lorry that overturned in Strood. Andy Millward has been described as the best big brother and a darling son after it happened on Station Road last Thursday. A four-year-old man arrested on suspicion of causing death by dangerous driving has been released on bail until next February. A sitting one woman says she fears for her family's health because of the amount of mould in their home. Vicky Norman has lived in the property in Merston for the past eight years and says it's always been a problem. The 42-year-old has been speaking to reporter Megan Carr after it was revealed last week how a two-year-old boy had died after being exposed to mould at his home in Greater Manchester. The main issue here at the moment is the mould in the house. There's plenty of it, as you can see. Um, the repairs are not being done. It's making my children ill. I ended up in hospital with a little one who's been there yesterday with croup. Yeah, it's just crazy. Nothing's getting done at all. So how long has the mould been an issue for? Since we moved in. So for eight years you've been yep. living with mould? Yep. And obviously your little one, what's their relation to you? My grandson. And how is it affecting him? Well, he ends up in hospital, he gets croup, and he ends up in hospital five, six, maybe seven times a year sometimes. Have you written in, complained? I find out I've spoken to them, others have spoken to them with regards to this and still nothing's being done. What do you think needs to be done? Personally, I'd like to be moved out of here because this isn't really fit for the kids to live in at all. But I can't see that happening.
You know, I mean, sadly, you'd only want to think about it. But recently, a little boy obviously did pass, pass away, away yeah. because of mould. Yep. How, how does that make you feel? Obviously, you're living here, your it wife. It frightens me. It really does frighten me. With the children here, yeah, it's not good. Obviously, there's only so much you can do. What, what are you kind of doing daily to make it easier? Wiping it down, that's all we can do with um, mould spray. But it makes no difference. It comes back all the time. So can you can you tell me a bit about your family? Who, who lives here? And... Um, myself, three of my daughters and my grandson. Um, my eldest daughter's 19, the next one's 13, then I've got a five-year-old. My grandson's three, he's got disabilities himself. Obviously, you said that, obviously, um, your youngest is, is going to the hospital, he's, he's recently had croup. Yeah. Have the hospital confirmed that it's because of the mould, or...? They haven't said what it's over, but every time we go, it, it is croup, and I say he's really, really poorly. Constantly poorly over this, his chest is really bad. No, of course, and obviously you said one of your daughters has asthma, how does that affect it? She can't sleep in this bedroom because she'll spend one night in here then she's ill for a week. Her asthma really, really plays up, she can't breathe properly. So then it affects her doing anything and everything that she wants to do because all she can do is lay on the sofa. The fact that obviously this has been going on for eight years, has it affected your health at all? Not mine, luckily. Mentally, yeah. It wears you down after a while. There's only so much fighting you can do when they're not doing anything at all. Housing Association Optivo say they've arranged for an expert to assess her home. They'll take urgent action to tackle the issues. Hollywood A-lister Leonardo DiCaprio has again lent his support to the Bison Rewilding Programme at Canterbury. The Inception star took to social media to share news about the birth of a calf last month, just weeks after three adults were released in Blaine. Ken Wildlife Trust have since thanked him and say the release of Bison is really just the beginning. Soon our ball will arrive, followed by Longhorn Cattle. Certainly sounds exciting. Elsewhere, cars have been vandalised along a road in Stroud after a party advertised on social Social media got out of control. Details for the 16-year-old's birthday at Kitchener Road were shared on Snapchat and as many as 150 teenagers showed up. After being turned away, they jumped on car bonnets, smashed windscreens and kicked off wing mirrors. Councillor Zoe van Dyke lives on the street. I think it was traumatic, a traumatic experience for quite a lot of people, especially elderly people in the street and, and, and some children as well. Um, and it was clearly traumatic for the people whose, whose property had been damaged, um, which doesn't appear to have been acknowledged sufficiently by Kent Police. And, and obviously, when it was going on, I mean, what, what sort of, what went through your head? What sort of, um, how did you feel, you know, when you, when you heard the shouting and, and the smashing and, you know, through your head at the time I guess. I heard the noise and came out and it and it looked like people spilling out of a football match. It was it was that sort of dense, it dense in terms of, of people um, and very noisy, lots of shouting, lots of aggression and people damaging cars, so smashing win uh, smashing cars, windows, wing mirrors and so forth. Um, I don't know that I was frightened because you, myself, because you, you go into a certain mode, I think, when, when something like that happens. And I was attempting to kind of calm it down and stop more damage being done. 
And, and, and was you, obviously, as you said before, you were really concerned for, you know, the children, you know, people had pets mm. and stuff like that, mm. and, and elderly residents. Yeah. Um, what was the, the response from, from some of them that when you spoke to them? How, how did they feel about the situation? Yeah, I, I did a ward walk um, the following day, and I knocked on all the doors in this street, and, and then at the weekend we went and, and spoke to people in the adjoining streets. Um, and and it was it was elderly people and um, children that were frightened, but I think the majority of residents were angry. They were angry that their property had been damaged, but also they were angry at the initial response of the police um, because it wasn't taken seriously enough. Police say they arrested two 16-year-olds. Now, it's been a year since work began on revamping the Stockbury roundabout, and bosses say good progress is being made. The hot and dry summer allowed crews to race ahead of schedule, and the flyover is expected to be in place by the middle of next year. Concerns were raised when diggers first began ripping up trees and undergrowth. However, bosses say they had ecologists on site and no wildlife was harmed. Our reporter John Nerdin has been chatting with Dan Rollinson, who's from National Highways. Obviously, it's clear to see by everybody, anybody who drives through the scheme, that we've had to do quite a lot of vegetation clearance. Um, but all the vegetation that we've cleared is absolutely necessary for the construction of the scheme. If it's not necessary, we don't touch it. Um, anything that we cleared is all done um, under the supervision of, of third party ecologists. Um, and we also have a full time environmental manager on the scheme who also looks at the bigger picture. Um, However, despite everything that we've, we have obviously removed, um, all the replanting that we're doing um, will actually provide the scheme in the area with um, um, a positive net gain in its biodiversity. Uh, so what that means is that essentially what we, what we, what we do plant will be um, rich um, uh, in, in its quality in it to enable the local wildlife to really um, thrive. Um, and yeah, so there'll be lots of tree planting, lots of shrubs, and we've actually already started a lot of that. So as areas become um, clear and signed off and we're not working those areas anymore, they immediately start, we then immediately start landscaping and, and, and putting those environmental mitigation works in place. So some drivers have complained that when they go past, they can't see anybody working. Is, is that true? No, that's absolutely not true. Oh, the only occasion that they wouldn't see anybody working is um, it would be for two reasons. It'd be one, whether they're slightly off network and you can't see them, or the other reason is because we've undertaken a task that requires um, sort of time in between the next tasks. So why did you decide to close the slip roads all in, in one? We, we undertook a lot of consultation around how we would best deliver the, the slip road um, closures. Um, unfortunately, all the work that's taking place over there is intrusive in its nature and it's all done online, which means it's all on the existing carriageway. So we could have, we could have uh, constructed the works using lane closures and putting in narrow lanes and contraflows um, and also a lot of overnight closures and weekend closures. The problem with that is, one, it would have taken the best part of a year, uh, but also two, it's, 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 not, it's not the safest way to do it. And National Highway safety underpins everything we do. It's our number one imperative. So if we are able to close the slip roads for just one single chunk of time, um, it means that there are less changes to the road, which makes it safer for the traveling public because there's confidence and, and people know what's happening. It's safer for our workforce because they're not having to work next to live traffic. Um, it's safer for the people that have to 
lay out the traffic management and the cones and take them and ultimately take those back in again. Um, it reduces the risks of incursions um, and, and things like that. And also, the, the, obviously, the main benefit is that that particular phase of works from almost a year, we've been able to reduce that to 18 weeks. So in January, we'll be in a position where the works on that slip road will be complete and we'll be able to reopen it. Um, and then um, that way, it's just much more efficient and it, the overall impact Although, um, you know, it may be greater over a shorter period of time, because it's over a shorter period of time, the impact is less. The search is underway for the owner of two puppies that have been found in Medway. They were rescued from Cliff yesterday and are being looked after by the council's stray dog service. You can see a video of them at Kent Online. And with the festive season now in full swing, Medway mum has created a replica Coca-Cola truck as she fights for the title of the UK's biggest Christmas lights display. Zoe Murphy from Gillingham has been collecting and swapping decorations with people from around the world for almost three years. She's also raising money for charity. You can see pictures on our website. Kent Online Sport. Football and Gillingham are now in the League 2 relegation zone after losing to Newport. The Jills were beaten 2-0 away from home on Saturday. Nigel Harris couldn't hide his frustration after the match. I feel like the players let me down for 20 minutes. Got to be honest, everything we talked about, everything prepared for, players didn't didn't do. Um, got a foothold in the game, got in the game, should have been in front. You know, we hit the post from six yards and then we missed an open goal from six inches, <laughs> hit the bar. And you're like, we, we should be in front and then we don't defend a simple set play. And, and ultimately, we've had three really good chances and not scored. They've had two really good chances and scored both goals. And uh, uh, I, just, I just fed up. It's not rocket science, we do video presentations, we work on the training pitch, uh, we do reminders this morning at the hotel um, and ultimately we just we just get done on first and second balls and um, just can't pull the wall over anyone's eyes can I, it just wasn't, wasn't you know, we, we didn't compete with enough in those moments and well, that's the players we've got and like I said, I'm, I'm fed up with it now and um, there's no more I can say, we, they scored two goals, we don't, that's the bottom line and that's the same pretty much every week in it. Today there was nothing wrong with the shape, nothing wrong with, 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 with the change at half-time, nothing tactical in it whatsoever. It was just two set plays. Um, if anything, we were better tactically than them. Um, but, again, what team am I going to pick Tuesday night? I've got no idea as I stand here today. And it's a horrible position to be as a manager. And they keep changing personnel because nobody deserves to play. Do I feel we're improving? No, we're not improving. We're making the same mistakes. Um, so... If you keep making the same mistakes and keep doing the same thing, then it's a sign of madness. So I try and change. You know, change personnel, change shape. Um, but once the players go onto the pitch, what I can't control is their mentality. I said I'm fed up. I'm fed up with the situation. I'm fed up with the, the standards at the football club. Um, like I enjoy the challenge. I do enjoy it. And like when I took over 10 months ago, the club's in a really difficult position. The club's still in a really difficult position. And I've really enjoyed day-to-day work. Um, I, I can't believe how loyal the fan base are with a football club. So patient, so respectful to the players and to me. And we're not winning games of football. So I, I'm fed up with the, the, the situation. I'm fed up with standing on the sideline and us making the same mistakes. I do, perversely, in a lot of ways, enjoy my job. Um, so I'm not prepared to walk away today. No, you know, it's been a tough job since I got here. And that's not changed. And that's not going to change in, in the coming months. Um, talked about brighter horizons they can be brighter horizons but I'm a custodian of the football club the punters are the ones that are here constant and 
they need brighter horizons. They've now gone seven league games without a win. Next up is a trip to Crawley Town on Tuesday. Well, that's all from us for today. Thanks ever so much for listening. Don't forget you can follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram and TikTok. You can also sign up to the briefing to get a daily update of the top stories each morning. Just head to kentonline.co.uk. News you can trust. This is the Kent Online Podcast. This podcast is sponsored by the FG Barnes Group, with showrooms in Canterbury and Maidstone, offering a range of new and approved used cars, including MG, Seat and Vauxhall.